Chara Supply Chain. Highlighting and showcasing solutions for the most complex challenges facing the industry in 21st century by our team of subject matter experts and mentors. Broadcasting every week all year round, we will present the most up-to-date series of podcasts and webinars. Hello and welcome to another episode of Jara Supply Chain. Uh, this is Norhadi House. Okay, today we have very special guest, uh, Johan Robert, uh, Customer Success Manager at Fika. Thank you for being here, Johan. I'm really so excited to have you on the show. Thank you very much, Norhadi. It's a real pleasure to be on your program today. So thanks a lot for, for inviting me. Mm-hmm. Okay, so in today's episode, we're going to talk about forecasting and a business impact. Uh, however, Johan, uh, before we get started, can you please tell us a little bit about yourself and your professional background? Sure. So um, I'm French, 40 years old, beloved uh, and beloved husband and father of two. Mm-hmm. I have a background in computer science and I've developed a, a real passion for advanced analytics, uh, data science in supply chain, more precisely for demand planning and inventory optimization. I was kind of uh, raised in, in the supply chain. You know, my, my father was a, a purchasing manager in the pharmaceutical industry. So kind of logically, I, when I grew up, I had a few internships and summer jobs in this company where I did some picking, packing, unloading trucks activities, and I, and I loved that. But when I started studying IT, um, I developed my first demand planning software for his company, and it helped uh, automate a lot of work for him and for my father and his team. So those were really my very first touch points with supply chain. And 12 years ago, I had the opportunity to build on this experience and I joined Vekia. So Vekia at that time was a, a very young research spin-off and it has now become a, a quite successful software editor that provides a, um, an innovative SaaS solution, which we could describe as fourth generation APS, advanced planning system, which means um, it's it plugs into an existing ERP and it seamlessly upgrades it uh, with the latest probabilistic cost optimization and automation capabilities. So coming back to my background at Vekia, I had the opportunity to learn a lot with very um, uh, diverse companies in retail, in fashion, pharma, energy, telco, maintenance, and so on. So yeah. I could say that I had a, a lot of lies within the same company, but since a few years, I'm I've taken more business-oriented roles uh, that eventually led me to my current position as customer success manager. Uh, okay, so let's jump to very basic question here, Johan. What is the purpose of forecasting? Well, that, that's a really great question to start with. Um, mm. Out of context, I would simply say that the purpose of forecasting is, is basically to know the future, what's, what's certain, what's not. What are the odds of various events? Uh, but in business, when we, f- for example, we forecast demand, I think the answer is, is, is slightly different. Um, the only thing certain about the future is that it's uncertain, right? So yet we have to make decisions right now. So we need to have a sense of what tomorrow might look like. So definitely forecasting is, is critical to business, but forecasting is not an end in itself. So my answer would be in, in, in the business world, the purpose of forecasting is 
to help make the best decisions uh, to, or to, to support the decision makers. Uh, forecasting plays an important role in the day-to-day running of our supply chain, right, uh, Johan? So how does forecasting contribute to the business? Well, the, this question sounds easy at first sight, but in, in, in fact, it's a really complex question. When we start this, to discuss the, the business contribution of forecast, yeah. we start to discuss the, the performance, right? I mean, defining metrics, evaluating the, the added value from a, a business perspective. And here, for sure, it's most of the time easier to, to speak about that than to do it. And the reason is uh, that although forecast plays a key role in the, the, the decision-making process, uh, they are not the only contributors. All the elements also have to be considered, and, and often uh, it's, it's um, um, constraints or business rules. So let's take an example for you. Uh, when I talk about this topic, I often um, refer to replenishment process to illustrate the ideas. So in a replenishment process, when we decide to purchase goods, for example, from a supplier, um, the demand forecast obviously is very important. We have to take into account what the demand might look like in the short and medium term. But there are also other elements that need to be considered, budgets, uh, package sizes, minimum order quantity, storage capacity, transportation costs, uh, current stocks, uh, shelf life, uh, uh, and etc. So, because of this complexity, um, the current state of the art is more or less uh, we are all aware of the great value of the forecasting, but its business impact is too difficult to measure it. So, we are not going to measure it. Of course, the, the fact that the business contribution is not measured doesn't mean nothing is measured at all. Of course, forecasters are professionals and, and as such, they regularly evaluate their, the quality of their forecast. They have to. And to do so, um, they have many metrics available. But the thing is that 99% of these metrics, not to say 100% of them, uh, focus on what I would call the in internal intrinsic quality of the forecast. Was it accurate? Um, did it happen as planned? Uh, so those are the forecast accuracy metrics. And this is really, really the norm in forecasting. It means that we don't even measure what we should be trying to optimize, what really matters to our business. I have another question. What makes a good forecast? <laughs> um, let's come back to the, to the purpose of forecasting. Yeah. Um, personally, I love this quote from uh, Paul Goodwin. Um, in a recent webinar, he, he reminded us that forecasts are not an end, but are done to support decision makers so they can make better decisions. So the purpose of forecasting is not, and we can say it has never been, to provide the best forecast ever, the most accurate one. Its purpose is to enable decisions. So the mission of forecasters should therefore not be to to minimize the error or to maximize the accuracy. It should be to uh, minimize the, the error in decisions. Um, here, here's an example to make things maybe clearer. Um, let's imagine, imagine a very simple decision process from everyday life. Um, every evening, a man, let's say me, <laughs> I consult the, the weather forecast to decide whether or not I should take my umbrella the next morning, right? Very simple process. If we analyze the weather forecast, focusing exclusively on its accuracy, yeah. then if the forecast does not predict rain and on the next day it does not rain, the forecast is perfect. But on the other hand, 
if the forecast predicts some uh, light drizzle, you know, and, and the next morning it, it heavily rains, then the forecast was wrong with a, a significant error. So this is exactly what the forecast accuracy measures. Um, and in this case, in such case, what would planners do? They would probably work hard to make their forecast even closer to reality, right? To have it better. But now let's focus on the decision itself. Yeah. So the, the choice was, uh, should I take on or should I not take my umbrella? So in this context, the, the error we just mentioned about the drizzle and the heavy rain, rain wouldn't have had any impact on my decision. In both cases, I would have made the right choice and I would have taken my umbrella. So in terms of effective use, the forecast was in fact perfect for me. Mm -hmm. What this example shows is that the quality of a forecast is totally dependent on its use and on the, the decisions it triggers. Okay, so uh, I have also just read your article about a different approach to forecasting called uh, decision impact, right, or DI. So mm -hmm. could you please tell us a bit more about DI and how it can help the business? Yes, sure. Well, as we said so far, forecasters only have metrics that measure the accuracy of the forecast. None of these metrics takes into account the use and the, the associated costs, etc. So don't, don't get me wrong, I'm not saying forecast accuracy is rubbish, right? Uh, forecast accuracy metrics provide great insights and help forecasters improve their practice. Their practice sorry. But uh, let's say loud and clear, forecast accuracy metrics don't provide any clue as to whether or not value is being delivered. So I believe it's, it's time to try to, to challenge the status quo and to, to propose a new generation of metrics that at last will bridge the gap existing between the forecasting and the business value. And in my articles, I call these metrics decision impact or DI. And, and these metrics are cost-oriented and essentially they measure the, the business impact of a decision. To keep it simple, we could maybe summarize it as a, a cost function that mimics a, a decision process. And for any given forecast input, it calculates the associated costs. So for example, it computes the, the replenishment cost. Um, and where do we go from there? What's, what's the value of this metrics? So mm -hmm. in, in my articles, um, I didn't want to discuss just, uh, just theory, but I wanted to demonstrate the added value uh, of such metrics yeah. um, through, through an uh, empirical demonstration. So I turned out to the recent um, M5 competition. Um, and, and this competition is very interesting because it provides um, a public data set from Walmart uh, that includes hundreds of different forecasts, both benchmarks and competitors. Yeah. Uh, so it's massive and it's very, very in interesting data set. And as a first step, we simply use the, the, the cost function we just uh, presented to, to simulate the replenishment Walmart would have had based on the different forecasts and to calculate, to compute the associated costs. And this is what we found. The, the best forecasts are according, according to the competition ranking, were in fact far from being the best forecast from a cost perspective. In fact, the conclusion is that there's no clear correlation between the rank of the forecast in the competition and its costs. So if, if Walmart had chosen the best forecast according to the competition and it had applied it in the real world, uh, Walmart would have lost uh, a lot of money. So we, we 
we wonder whether this was due to a, maybe a specific issue with the competition metric or, so we decided to apply the very same approach uh, to different metrics. And, and we measured for each one, the correlation with costs and the results were just mind blowing. Um, the test demonstrated that each forecast accuracy metric, each one is really poor at identifying the optimal forecast from a business perspective. In fact, the best correlation we obtained between a, a forecast accuracy metric and cost was around 30%, 30%. What does that mean? It, it means that using forecast accuracy metrics to improve a business performance is just like uh, driving a car whose steering wheel has a 30% correlation with the direction of the wheels, you know? Would you feel mm -hmm. safe and comfortable driving this car? Yeah. <laughs> Certainly not, right? So the same is true for forecasting. When you improve, in fact, the, the forecast accuracy, well, your performance may stay the same. It might improve a little, it might improve a lot, or it could get a little worse, or it could get a lot worse. Nobody knows. So of course, we applied the, the same test to the, the decision impact metric. And by design, as costs are natively taken into account into this metric, uh, they clearly outperform the, the forecast accuracy for the above purpose. We, mm -hmm. we, we then tried to, um, quantify the savings. Uh, what would be the savings for a company if it switches from uh, the a forecast accuracy metric to the DI metric? And in our test, DI metric reduces uh, replenishment costs by up to 35%. So this is huge. Uh, at the scale of Walmart, we calculated that this represents $1.8 billion a year. So of course, not all companies are the size of, of Walmart, right? But however, um, a, a reduction in, in cost of up to 35% has a real impact on any business. Even more so when all it requires is simply to switch from one accuracy metric to a cost-oriented metric. Okay, uh, before we finish the conversation today, uh, uh, Johan, do you have any other KTX way that you like to share with our listener? Uh, yeah, yeah. Thanks for asking, because in fact, there's many more than that. In fact, DI metrics um, allows us to get much more than the cost associated with, a, with the actual forecast. Mm -hmm. Just imagine that we give um, as input to our cost function, not the actual forecast, but a naive one. A naive forecast is a very, very simple form of forecast. The kind of forecast a company would generate if it didn't have any demand planner. You know? So for example, it could be a a moving average or a seasonal moving average or something like that, something very simple. What would we get if we give this naive forecast as input to our cost function? We would get the cost associated to the naive forecast, right? In other words, we would get the costs that the company would have had to pay if it had not invested in demand planning. So if we now compare these two costs, the cost of the naive forecast, the cost of the actual forecast, and we measure the difference, we get nothing less but the um, dollarized value, the financial value added by the forecasting team. So in fact, we have applied DI to the um, FVA forecast value add approach. And we are now able to know precisely how much money has been saved thanks to the forecasting. So it's quite practical then to, to communicate on the return on investment of the department. And that's a really great use because often companies try to apply uh, benchmarks to calculate some, some kind of added value. But we all know it's a really bad practice. And here, 
we have a robust way of measuring the value. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, a second um, great use case, um, I imagine your, your company wants to invest in a new solution. So you are evaluating the capabilities of different vendors. You are conducting a POC, proof of concept, and each vendor has provided its, its forecast, its best forecast. Using DI, we can uh, estimate the cost associated to each one, and we could compare these costs with the actual cost. So we can see if indeed there's value added and which vendor is provide, is delivering the more value. So it's very quite, it's very easy uh, to build a realistic business case for, for the vendors and to pick the, the, the right one. Not, not the one with the best forecast accuracy, but the one that delivers the most value in a specific context. And I don't know if you have time for, for a, a third use case. This one is really great. I would love to share it. Yeah. Yeah, thanks a lot. So uh, what would we get if we, we give the actual sales or the actual demand um, to as an input to the cost function? We yeah. would get yeah. the, the cost the company would have paid if it had a perfect knowledge of the future. And now if we compare this cost to the, to the actual cost, the current cost, we then measure the, 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 the value that could still be gained through improved forecasting. And this is very interesting because if we focus on forecast accuracy, for each skew, the best performance we can dream of would be 100% accuracy. All skews are equal. But if we focus on, on, on value, on DI, uh, then what we would find is that for a very large number of skews, the remaining value is simply zero. With the current forecast, we al already grabbed it all. But we will also find that for a subset of SKU, there's still a little value left. And for an even smaller one, uh, an even smaller subset of SKUs, uh, there's really a, an interesting value that is left on the table. So here, the DI metrics act like um, uh, a metal detector, you know, that finds hidden gold nuggets. Uh, so with the metrics, you now know exactly where you need to dig further and you know where you'd better stop digging because there's no more value there. So you can really effectively prioritize your efforts in order to bring value to the business. And that's mm -hmm. really, really great. Mm -hmm. So for sure, there's plenty of, of other use cases, but we won't have time to, to cover them all right now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. At Bichara Supply Chain, we are committed to driving global perspective to embrace technological adaptation in improving process efficiencies. Don't forget to subscribe, like, and share Bichara Supply Chain. And stay tuned for the latest updates. To learn more, visit our website www.bicharasupplychain.com. Thank you for listening to us. We look forward to seeing you at our next episode.